You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Disclaimer. This week on the show, we get into some pretty heavy subjects, including racism and discrimination, dealing with disability, abortion, suicide, and mental health. With some discriminatory names and words used purely for the purpose of education, we apologize in advance for any offense caused. It's not our intention to alienate anyone, but we also strive not to censor our artists who are trying to teach tolerance and acceptance. If you feel this episode may not be for you, we completely understand and thank you for supporting us this far. Hello and welcome to another episode of Doing It For The Exposure, the show that is celebrating hitting double digits with cake and ice cream and top-notch entertainment. I'm your host, Mannequin Blue, and today's special guest is the purple pin-up bombshell and musical theatre nerd, the cabaret queen, Lotta Lungs. Hi! How are you doing? I'm good, getting through, you know, lockdown and whatnot as best as we all can, I think. Yeah, it's still going on. <laughs> it's still happening. And, you know, being high risk, it's all the fun. Yeah, it's, it's, it's no fun at all. <laughs> so, Lada, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Where do I start? I feel like a bit of a jack of all trades, in a sense, with a lot of what I do. So I perform a lot in burlesque and cabaret scenes. I sing and I also dabble in a bit of drag. I am also a actor by training. So we'll do small plays and bits and pieces in that sense. I've also started coming into doing more modeling. I do quite a bit of modeling with the New Generation Camera Club, who I really enjoy modeling with and want to explore that side more. Also, on top of all that, I am a drama teacher, so I teach drama to kids. Brilliant. And you said that you're trained as an actor. Did that come first Mm -hmm. or was that something that you fell into after? So since I was probably old enough to walk and talk, I was singing. It probably came out of my mom's singing. I've just always sang. And when I was quite young my parents put me into like a stage school so I started out in a stage school called Stagecoach and I went to them in Dunleary for years up until I moved to Blessington and then when I was a teenager I got involved with Taunted Kids which is another stage school so within the being part of a stage school you're taught singing and dancing and acting and it's all I've ever really wanted to do be in shows and perform. It's one of the only things I'm good at is performing. I don't do well in muggle jobs. I try, but I don't necessarily do well in normal muggle jobs. So when I finished secondary school and I got into college, I went to the Liberties and did their acting course in Bull Alley. That course was two years long. So it involved mostly stage acting. A little bit of screen acting, but it was mostly for stage and musicals. And then when that course was over, I moved to New York and I lived in New York for a year, which 
I loved and I will go back tomorrow. We're not talking about New York because I will talk about it all day and I know you agree with me there. <laughs> so when I came back, a friend of mine, Valkyrie Von Storm, who I met while I was at Bull Alley, introduced me to the burlesque scene and I just completely fell in love with the Irish burlesque and cabaret scene and it's just been a love affair ever since. Brilliant. And you're quite prominent on the cabaret scene now. Is it just something that you loved it so much that you wanted to jump straight in? Yeah, definitely. It was just one thing I love about the Irish scene is that it's so welcoming and it's so accepting of anyone and everyone. And when I first came onto the scene, I was still figuring a lot of stuff out about myself. I was struggling with sexuality and all of that kind of stuff. And the burlesque and cabaret scene really just kind of took me in their arms and was like, you're one of us now. Come on, we'll show you the way. And I loved that about the scene. And I just wanted to be as involved in it as I could. And then there's a lot of vintage and pinup lovers within the scene. And I always loved pinup fashion and vintage clothes, but never had the confidence or anything to be able to dress that way on a daily basis. Whereas now seeing that this is possible and look how amazing these people are and now I feel amazing. It's just made me want to do it more and more and now I'm a full-fledged pinup who is constantly dressing in 50s and 40s style clothing and getting looked at walking down the street and I'm like and what this is great look how amazing I am go me. Yeah absolutely And we had Fee on the show last week and she touched a bit on the Irish cabaret scene as well. And again, that she did mention that, you know, it's very accepting of everyone, but also that it's multidisciplinary. So it's, you know, it's not just musical theatre. It's, you know, you've got Mm -hmm. people doing stand up and lip sync and drag and other stuff. And do you find that as well? Yeah, I love how multifaceted the Irish cabaret and burlesque scenes there's people from all walks of life all sizes all sexualities all genders and they all do these amazing things like Fifi on the show last week she was talking about being a burlesque clown and she's brilliant at it but she can also do her sexy side. And then you have some of the burlesquers who are more known for just doing this sexy kind of burlesque, this proper tease burlesque. And then there's others who are the comedy burlesques. And then you have so many different singers within the cabaret scene who do different styles. It's not just musical theatre. There are people who will sing rock. There's people who will sing pop and blues. Then, like you said, there's the likes of Tony Temples and Lady Kay who do stand-up and are really, really good at it. You have people doing spoken word like Shandrika. It's just everyone is doing everything. And the best example of it is the undercurrent troop because I think they kind of showcase every which angle of the burlesque and cabaret scene there is within their little troop when they put on a show. Yeah and would you find that coming into it as an actor that because it's so multifaceted that it actually impacted your style and how you perform? 
Yeah, I did. Because I'm used to, as an actor, being trained as an actor, you're given a script the majority of the time. You're doing a play, you're playing this specific character who only does this specific thing. And these are your lines. Off you go, learn them, find out who that character is. Now, that's a very kind of brushed off version of actress, but it is the essential is you're playing specific characters. Within doing burlesque and cabaret, I was able to discover Lada, who is an extension of my everyday muggle self. And I love that feeling of just being like an over top version of myself. And it meant that I could stick my toe in the waters. And if I wanted to try burlesque, I can do that. I have the place and the safety to do that within the Irish scene. Like I said, I dabble in drag as well. So my drag character is Miggledy Bubbles. And I also have done in the past a drag parody of Conor McGregor. And when I did the Conor McGregor act as Call Me McShagger, he strips and it's a striptease. Me, myself, as Lada, I don't do the stripteasing burlesque side of things. I love it. It's just not part of my character. But I can explore that within the other characters I get to play. And I love that about the scene. That's actually amazing hearing that. Like we've had burlesquers on the show before and they talk about, obviously they create a character and, you know, they love the confidence it gives them that they can actually get up and do the things that a burlesquer does. But you're coming at it from a different perspective because you're playing a male character. And for you, that's what gives you that confidence. Yeah, it's weird because I think like 99% of people, everyone has their own body qualms, things that they don't like. Being a male character, especially playing a parody of Conor McGregor, who is just like completely and utterly full of himself and just is a bit much. If he was a bar of chocolate, he'd eat himself kind of thing. So (laughs) being able to interpret that in a drag style, it gave me that confidence of being like, and what? Look how amazing I am because I'm calling Mick Shagger and I can beat you up if I want, but aren't I gorgeous? And then as Lada, playing that character of Lada, Lada is very much an extension of Kate. And that for me is just being that little bit more over the top. I can be sexy, but I don't feel the need to take off my clothes to show you how sexy I am. I will do performances in lingerie and really, really tight skinny dresses. I've done photo shoots in which I am doing a nude illusion or a nude shoot. But I think I get more self-conscious about the way my own body looks as Lara rather than when I'm in drag. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, because like you're playing a character, but at the same time, this character is an extension of you, whereas your drag persona would be like completely fantasy yeah complete and over fantasy i have no (laughs) idea it's one thing that like with acting it's that separation of this is where i stop and the character begins whereas lada is so much a part of me who i am just a bit louder has a bit more confidence and stuff than kate might so she's still me there's not that fine line of this is where lotta starts and kate ends yeah it's all just an extension of you 
So you mentioned as well that you do drama workshops. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah. So I teach drama with a great company called Drama Beans with Janine Nagel and Keen O'Callaghan, who I know you had on the show mm-hmm. previously. And I know Keen from college. Me and Keen went to college together. He was a couple of years ahead of me, but we both did the acting stuff in college. So with working with Drama Beans, it allowed me to do the teaching that I love to do. And with that, I'm now in the process of developing my own drama company, which is Purpose Bombshell Drama. I am in the process of like setting up websites and whatnot. But what the point of Purple Bombshell Drama is going to be, I want to go to schools, go to workplaces and teach people about disability awareness and then teach them as well about sexuality and gender through the meaning of drama. So they're the workshops that are currently coming to fruition. Like I'm really, really excited about them because obviously they're my little baby that I'm creating, but it means so much to me because being part of the LGBTQ community growing up in a small town in Wicklow it wasn't talked about wasn't discussed and there's no sex education for people who are within that queer community and I want kids to feel safe and like it's okay for them to explore that side of themselves and where I have seen it most prominently be helpful for kids is when they're doing a drama class and that's great to me and then with disabilities I have a chronic illness I have fibromyalgia just chronic illness causes me to have chronic pain and chronic fatigue and all this where palaver that's going and so people don't realize how much pain or how tired I can be some days like even just walking up the stairs is really really difficult but because I look like an able-bodied person because this is it's an invisible disability it's an invisible illness people don't understand how to take it and I've also found being more open to the chronic illness and disability communities now and being more involved within them I've also become aware that those things weren't talked about in school either. The only time you knew about disabilities was if someone within your family had a disability. And a lot of younger kids actually can be quite scared of people who have visible disabilities. So it's about teaching them that these things exist and not everybody who has a disability looks like they have a disability. And it's to stop these people you see on social media who will like leave really nasty notes on someone's car if they've parked in the disabled spot when they have a disabled sticker. So they've parked in that disabled spot because they have some form of disability, but they get out of the car and look perfectly fine. And then someone's like oh how dare you you're not disabled but just because they're not in a wheelchair so it's about teaching people that that's not how disability works and you need to think twice before this happens before you take action against these people that you don't know what their story is 
Yeah, I think, no, I think that's a great idea. Cause like you said, even when we were growing up, we weren't taught this, you know, we weren't taught to talk about these things. And so for ourselves, as we got older, we kind of had to find it for ourselves. We had to find our communities and our support. And it's a great idea to actually start the kids young and go, okay, this is what it is. This is how you deal with it. Yeah, that's what I want to do. So I want to start from primary school age, but also work with secondary schools as well. And then even bring it into the corporate world in big business because there's still a lot of discrimination within our society against people with disabilities and those within the LGBTQ plus community. There's still a lot of discrimination happening, even though we're in 2020, like during all this craziness of lockdown, I've had to be quite careful because of like that having fibro, I have asthma as well. So I've had to be quite careful and mind myself when I'm going out. But watching people who are so lax about it and not realise, well, just because I look healthy doesn't necessarily mean I'm not high risk. It's that fight with teaching people just because you don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Same with everything that happened with George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement. I've seen people talk about, oh, we don't have racism here in Ireland. That's actually not the case at all. There is a lot of racism here in Ireland. And just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah, completely. I mean, maybe the reason you're not seeing it is because, you know, maybe you're a white person and so it's not directed at you. Or maybe you've just been trained to not notice the subtleties Yeah, you're obviously privileged enough that you don't see it around you because you have that privilege. Just because you don't see it and you're not aware of it doesn't mean that you don't have privilege and it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Just It's just not as prominent maybe here as it is in the US. Yeah, it kind of, it wouldn't be, you know, as ingrained in the system. It's still there. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's kind of more hidden. Yeah. Exactly. Like I've heard people say some awful things, like using the word half caste instead of saying someone's biracial. But even at that, why do you have to describe people in that sense? But my niece is biracial and I have actually heard people around me refer to others who are mixed race or biracial as being half caste. And I'm sitting there going, what age are you? Where do you think it's okay to use that kind of language? Yeah, that's sickening. Honestly, like hearing people still using those terms now, you know, we should be past this. Yeah, it's like using the word faggot directed at someone who is LGBTQ or using the word retard. Like all these things have huge connotation. Using the N-word or... Even saying something like you foreigner, which is a big thing. I've heard so many people call others foreigners, especially in, within Dublin. And I'm just, again, it's that thing of what about this makes you think that that's okay? Yeah, well, hopefully we can start the kids young. Like, like you said, if you're going to be doing your drama workshops, start mm-hmm. them young, teach them how to respect each other, teach them how to respect themselves. I think it's a brilliant idea and I definitely wish you all the best with it. Thank you. I am re- I am really, really excited about it. And one thing I love about teaching kids, especially through drama, is that they absorb so much. 
and by doing it with drama and having the kids up and moving and actually involved in the process they're not just sitting there at their desk in school with a teacher at the top of the room writing on a whiteboard they're more involved in the learning process so it it has more of an effect on them in my opinion yeah oh no I definitely agree like even being an adult you know when you go to workshops because I would go to quite a few workshops, you don't want somebody just standing there talking at you for a couple of hours. Like you want to get up, you want to do it, you want to be involved. And I feel that for me, that would be the best way that I learn. Yeah, it's definitely the best way I learn. When I'm in doing courses or at a workshop and someone's just standing up talking at me, I tend to like just completely zone out and I doze off. Like I need to be up and moving and being involved in what's going on in some way whether that even just be like a lively debate within the class there needs to be more interaction and that's what I want these workshops to be for kids I want them to be a safe haven and a safe place but also somewhere that they are learning and they're learning important things so that they're not going into their adulthood with these really negative views on life or on different people or pure ignorance or like being just completely ignorant to other ways of life yeah absolutely and again it's bringing it back to like you said the you know the cabaret scene is so open and welcoming and Mm -hmm. accepting you kind of want to create that for kids as well yeah definitely I have been very lucky in that I completely found my family with the burlesque and cabaret community. I found my tribe and my people. Before I was involved within that, I was extremely lost and they helped me to find myself and to feel like it's safe to be who I am. Yeah, no, that's lovely. And like we need to create more safe spaces like that. I know that it's becoming, I guess I hate to say it's becoming fashionable to create safe spaces these days, but you know, whether it's fashionable or not, we need more of it. Yeah. hundred percent. But like one thing I don't like about like the trends, like when it's, as you said, it's like fashionable to have a safe space, just declaring something. Some people don't understand that if you just go, oh, this is a safe space. Well, what have you put in place to make it a safe place for the people there? Like creating safe space is more than just going into the room and saying, okay, this is a safe space. Yeah, it, it kind of comes back to something that Fee said last week as well, was that, you know, for her putting on shows and stuff, she wants it to be a safe space, but she doesn't get to decide that. That's up to the audience and the performers to decide, okay, this is safe. Yeah, exactly. You, by putting in place the likes of, for me, if I've done like a particularly heavy drama session with the teens in which we were dealing with, a heavy topic of bullying or suicide or an LGBT thing and stuff came up and it might have been quite a dark class by not allowing the kids to leave the space that I've created for them to be able to express those feelings but I not letting them leave that space with those feelings still at the forefront so I will take them out of it by playing a game with them to lighten up the mood, something that's at a completely different speed 
that has a higher pace, higher energy going on. So they will never leave that space I've created for them feeling in any way negative. That's my goal within workshops and when I'm teaching kids is that I want them to feel like they can express whatever they need to express in this class, but they don't need to carry that with them after the class. They can leave it behind. Yeah, definitely. The need for aftercare is massive. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I've been in situations where I've been to auditions and shows that are quite dark. I remember I was doing an audition for this one show and it was about a woman who attempted to give herself an abortion. Like it was based back in the early 19th century, but she had attempted to give herself abortion. Then she lived completely on her own. And once the baby was born, then she attempted to murder the baby. Really, really heavy topic. Really, really heavy show. And obviously for the audition, you have to kind of get into that mind space of that character. But Upon the end of the audition, those who were running that audition, the directors, the casting people, never did anything to help those who were taking part in the audition to come out of that dark space, which is really, really dangerous because when you look at like famous actors, the likes of Heath Ledger or even Marilyn Monroe, because they took a lot of the dark stuff that they were doing within films as actors while also kind of mixing it with their own ghosts and goblins that they had in their life. It has always ended within tragedy. And that's not what you want the kids, like I never want the kids to feel like that. I would never hold an audition, even with adults, in which I will allow them to leave that space after doing something as dark as that kind of a play. And I just go, okay, thanks, bye now. Like I could never do that because like that, it's such a hard thing when you're being a character and you're fully invested in that character. You need to know how to completely separate yourself then from the character to have that space that you're like, that wasn't me. I don't feel like that. That's whoever, that's Sarah over there in that play. That's the way she felt. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you there because as well as that, you never know. Maybe someone who's auditioning identifies with the character. Maybe they went through similar and then during that audition experience, they're reliving it and, you know, it's it scarred them the first time, it's scarring them again. And you just don't know. You have to be so careful because people are fragile. Yeah, and especially when you're working with kids. Kids are so easily influenced and kids are dealing with a lot. I mean, if you know any older kids or teenagers, they are ruthless the way they carry on sometimes, especially with bullying and stuff. And now because of social media and phones, you have smartphones and social media, some of these kids have no escape from those bullies. So creating that space in drama where they can almost sort through their feelings, sort through what's happening to them in school without it being a direct interpretation of what has happened to them. And then being able to go, okay, 
now we're going to do something completely different and completely switch it up. So you're not leaving them to go home with that heaviness. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a great idea. And just for people listening at home, if they want to keep up to date with that, where is the best place to keep up to date with you and with Purple Bombshell Drama? So I'm in the midst of trying to create a website. I do have a friend who's going to help me with that. I have the domain name, so it's purplebombshelldrama.ie. And so hopefully within the next couple of weeks, I will have that up and running. If they want to talk to me about doing a workshop or getting involved with the workshops I am going to be putting into place, they can email me at purplebombshelldrama gmail.com and then for any other kind of performative stuff it's just contact me on lotalons at gmail.com or you can get in touch with me on facebook or instagram again just search for at lotalons i'm very easy to find there's nobody else really with a similar name so it comes up quite quickly even if you just throw it into google it's great yeah, and we'll include the links in the description as well for people who don't feel like typing. We'll just look here, just click yeah. here. <laughs> just click here. Yeah, they will find you. They can Google you up. <laughs> they can Google me. I'm very easily contactable. Yeah, and so lovely to talk to. <laughs> oh, thank you. It was so lovely to talk to you too. I feel like that got really heavy. Yeah. No, that's okay. Sometimes we we have a recurring thing on the show where it, it tends to get a bit heavy in the middle and then we bring it up again. <laughs> So just to bring it up again, would you like to talk a bit more about your singing? Because I know you mentioned that you perform with Undercurrent, but are there any other stages that you also frequent? I am involved in all of Fifi LaRue's Emporium series. I know she's been taking a break and then obviously coronavirus hit and everyone's taking a break from everything. But I stage manage all of Fifi LaRue's shows. So you'll always catch me within her shows. I'm also very involved with the Irish pinup weekender and the Irish vintage scene. So you will catch me within them at all times. And if you want me to sing for you, just drop me a line and tell me what you want. <laughs> and tip generously. <laughs> yes. Of course, we don't we don't do this for free. Like, <laughs> We're not just doing it for the exposure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we gotta eat. There's a <laughs> pandemic at the moment. I need to eat. Do you know how horrible it is being an artist in a pandemic? Ridiculous, <laughs> <Dickless>, um, <laughs> So, <laughs> is there anything that you would like to talk about that we haven't mentioned before we go? Oh, for those of you who are interested in the vintage scene, the Irish Vintage Weekender is happening this weekend, so August Bank Holiday Weekend, and they're doing a lot of events through Facebook and Instagram Live. There's like a whole picnic going on on Sunday. There's loads of like different events going on, all virtual because of Corona. So there's loads of stuff on at the weekend. So if you are interested in the vintage scene, do go and check them out. The lovely O'Gali Mistali, Ruby Noir, Crimson La Creme are all involved with creating that. And they're doing an amazing job. And they are all beautiful, amazing, sparkly pin-up people who, you know, yes. maybe hopefully they will reach out if they hear this. <laughs> and come on Perfect. the show, please, because I would love to have you. <laughs> 
<laughs> it would be so nice. They're so lovely. But yeah, they have that on all this weekend. So do go and check them out. Unfortunately, I have no upcoming events of my own because Corona. I'm just going to keep saying that from now on because Corona. But I'm going to start getting involved with my social media a bit more because I did take a break with lockdown happening. I just had to step away from social media for a bit, but I am on the cusp of getting myself back onto it. So I constantly update social media with anything I'm doing. Yeah, and for anyone listening at home, make sure you check out Lotta's Instagram because it's fabulous. Check out her work. When she's back performing, check out her events and her, you know, her vintage weekends and her pinup and everything because it's just brilliant and we need to support each other. <laughs> yes, all the support. And everyone, if you're not already following the amazing Mannequin Blue, go follow Mannequin Blue because she's an amazing human sparkle friend who does creative stuff. And I have to say, you're one of my favorite people to work with. Oh, thank you. You're very sweet. <laughs> and I love working with you and I look forward to doing it again. <laughs> yes, more projects in the future. Yes. So Lotta, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time out. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so lovely to talk to you. I can't wait to actually see your face for real in, you know, 3D form. <laughs> 4D form um, in the near future. <laughs> for more artistic fun. And everyone listening at home, if you enjoyed this episode of Doing It For The Exposure and would like to hear more in the future, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at D-I-F-T-E Podcast. You can also check out our stream on nerd to know Media. We stream weekly on Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. Bye! Thank you for listening to a nerd to know Media production. 